Jacob, are you pondering what I'm pondering? I think so, Drew. But wouldn't Moriarty disappear out of the holodeck? I think the only thing holographic is your brain. No, you fool, we're going to review an animated uh, movie on this here podcast. Brilliant! No, 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 wait, 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 wait. Why would anybody want to listen to geek, two geeks like us? Because, you fool, these people have uh, are so very easily entertained. Okay, Drew. Nerf! Hello and welcome to another episode of The Cellcast. Joining me today is a man who just can't figure out why he ever invited that bear to lunch, Jacob. Well, I pretend to be a you know a very good host every once in a while. Much to your chagrin. Yeah, that is true. Why? Thank you. Like introduce our co-host, a man who just has an obsession with honey. Welcome, Drew. Just a little black ring poker this honey tree. <laughs> very good. Anyway, how are you doing, Jacob? Man, it is. Okay, it has been a very long, long two days. Um, Monday is just more long day than this morning. I was going to get up for a Bible study. had been to Bible study months due to COVID. And so one of my amazing church uh, uh, fellow church members, it's like, hey, we've got Bible study at 530 in the morning. And it's like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get up and go to Bible study. Right. I got up. I went, bam. <laughs> and apparently within that, I'd be like, I shut my alarm off thinking it's like, okay, I'm going to get up in a couple of minutes, reset the alarm. And then I roll over. Next thing I know, it's seven o'clock. So get up because I got to be at work at seven thirty. Yeah. And, um, it has been, it had rained all day, all day long. Well, for the past 48 hours. Yeah, Exactly. Yeah, because uh, one of my coworkers be like, apparently can't sleep when it's thundering. Mm-hmm. I have the reverse effect and be like, I sleep like a rock. <laughs> yeah, I can understand that. Actually, uh-huh. I was fine until about two o'clock this morning when it sounded like a lightning bolt must have struck a tree because it sounded like an explosion went off out right outside my window. Oh, <laughs> I didn't know about that because <laughs> I sleep through it. Apparently, <laughs> but I'm just I'm sitting there, I'm dead to the world. All of a sudden. <gasps> What? Oh, that's lightning. Is power on? Okay, good. My fan's still turning. Still awake. <laughs> okay, I, I have one story to to, to uh because I have one story to tell of that. So this was a couple of years ago. This was like two thousand. So I'm a sound sleeper. Like uh, one of my coworkers would be like, I can imagine if a tornado comes through our town, picks up where you live, and Jacob just sleeps through the tornado and wakes up and be like, huh? Where am I now? But um, so I am dead to the world. I'm, you know, just I can't remember what the other day was, but I usually hear those, you know, massive sonic booms going on, boom, after another. It's like mm-hmm. I, I bolt out of bed and it's like, what the crap oh, I is know that? What this was. So I'd be like, okay, either I slept through this, it didn't go right over me. Yeah. Well, in, in my case, it went over me. <laughs> So I wake up and it's like, okay, so either this is the end of the world or a shuttle blew up. Go back to sleep. And my grandmother, who was still alive, which was an amazing, wonderful woman. If you ever met uh, Nancy Kimbrough, she's a wonderful, amazing woman. Uh, Mere godly woman. So she's like, uh, so what do you want for breakfast? And it's like, I don't know. Go get some pigs. And it's okay, fine. So I go to you know the, the local donut shop. And uh, sure enough. it wasn't the local farm. 
No. Oink, oink, oink. But, uh... It's an awful lot of work for breakfast. Yeah. It's like, come here, you. <laughs> I gotta have my breakfast. But, um... So, obviously, there was a TV going on, and, you know, obviously, very sadly, that, uh, Shuttle Columbia had, uh, mm-hmm. had, uh, disintegrated on entry. And it's like, oh, so it was a shuttle. <laughs> Well, so that, that was the that world. was the one time I have waken up because of a massive just boom, but uh, yeah, that, that's that's my one story of bolting out of bed minus having a very odd nightmares about vampires or you know snakes wanting to bite me. It's always something with fangs, isn't it? Apparently. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, uh, what have you been watching? Oh, what I've been watching? I've been watching some some very good stuff. I've been watching um, Brand New Animal on Netflix. Ah. Uh, I'm not one for those that I don't binge a lot, but when I do, I binge hard. Oh, do you now? Yes. So I had heard about Brand New Animal from, uh, I can't remember where I heard it from. Probably Chase. Probably. I did. Because I know he was really into it when he first watched it. Yeah. And so I noticed it was on Netflix. And so I watched like the first episode and I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And then a couple of months later, I watched it over again. And it's like, oh, okay. I'd be like seeing this one. And mm-hmm. it's just, I just bowled through it. I think like in two days. Absolutely. I mean, like it was, it was a good show. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I was to make parallels from some uh, things in our own world, it would totally collapse that, that idea, that ideology. But I'm not going to get on, get into it here. Um, uh, but it it was it was a good it was a good show. Um, obviously, it's made by Trigger, so something has to get very big at the very end. <laughs> okay. Okay. I hadn't seen enough to know what would get big. Gurren Lagan. <laughs> I know what Gurren Lagan is. Yes, I was so. thinking this anime. Oh yeah, be like what does does the giant squirrel does the squirrel girl turn into a big giant thing? Well, I assume she's she's suspicious. not a squirrel. She's the Nuki. <laughs> Tanuki girl. Tanuki girl. Does she turn into a giant Tanuki girl? <laughs> no. But to Do I want to know what gets giant? No, you don't. I'll be like to <laughs> I don't. No, no, I'll be like, let me let me let let me let me phrase this correctly. <laughs> let me phrase this correctly. Uh it's one of those shows you don't want spoiled. Okay. And so you do have, you know, a few good revelations of what goes like this character is this, this character is this, the, the conspiracy, what's going on. Um, it's a good show, so I'd highly recommend it. I'm not going to spoil the ending because it's a, it's a good ending. Mm-hmm. It's a good ending. Uh, it's a, a lot of political, a lot of uh, political intrigue and backbiting and all kinds of stuff. It's interesting. Definitely when it comes to the, uh, the Bears baseball team. That's I'm going to say that it's very interesting. The bad news Bears. No, ba- the baseball Bears. It's, Are they it's, bad news? No, they're not. Technically, they're the worst. So they're the bad news Bears. Okay, either way. You don't even know what I'm referencing, do you? I think what. <laughs> Enlighten me, brother. <laughs> bad news Bears from the. It's, it's, I think it's a, a kids baseball movie, like uh, the Sandlot. Okay. One of those where oh, one of those where the, the team That's in question right. is like the worst, but they get a good coach. And That's right. All of a sudden, they're winning the little league championships or something to that effect. Yeah. They were the bad. The movie name of the movie was the Bad News Bears. Okay, I gotcha. So, 
I'm surprised I had to inform you of something sports related. I don't watch every. I, I haven't watched everything sports related. Still. <laughs> okay, it's it'd be like it went under my radar. Okay then. Or my 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 dad's radar to say that because my dad was a my dad is a huge sports fan. All right. But either way, so I, I finished that. Highly recommend it. And another a movie I actually watched on mistake actually because I was just flipping through because like you you go through Netflix and see but it's like oh this sounds like a good idea thinking it's a series nope it was a movie um I was t- I think if it's what I'm thinking of, I was tempted to watch it yet yeah a whisper away it is kind of odd you'd be interested in a movie where a person turns into a cat. cat yeah <laughs> you being a dog and all meow we got problems people major problems so <laughs> So I, I watched it, and basically it's this very oddball girl who just is very eccentric. Mm-hmm. And apparently she doesn't like her life. She's in love with this guy, but he finds her annoying. And so at night, she turns into a kitty cat so she can be closer to her guy. And it just gets... It'd be like, it's it's a... I'm even going to cut that out. Okay. <laughs> So it's a good movie. Um, yeah, it's good. I'm, I'm not going to say I'm, I want to watch it again. It's it's not Trigun or any one of those, but it's is. <laughs> you mean it's not a space western? No, it's not a space it's western. It's a fantasy love story, perhaps. Possibly. <laughs> I, I'm I'm not re- I'm not referring to genre. I'm referring to. Like level of be like oh, know, oh my I gosh I, I love I, this movie to infinity and beyond I know but it's it's just, it's just the, the the movie you chose to compare it to TV show whatever <laughs> nuance the Either, property the franchise there we go all right it's so, like do I want to watch a show movie where a, a girl turns into a cat so she can be with her boyfriend or Trigun. <laughs> It's like two entirely different they things. They are. I completely agree with you. <laughs> they are. So what have you been watching, Drew? Uh, what have I been watching? Um, well, I started back up watching Phineas and Ferb. Uh-huh. I am near the end of season two. I just watched... Uh, what was that? Oh, I just watched The Beak. It's a... You got The Beak? No. it's They create the super suit so they can actually survive the uh tornado uh the skateboarding obstacle course they designed gotcha and they end up having to be a superhero because they and it's just it's a funny episode i gotcha i i very much enjoyed that Good. uh also while you forgot that we both you didn't stay long enough you no. left like 15 minutes into it i did because i guess i think you just didn't like it uh because I, I, you <laughs> You did uh, just work saying, that's not how this works. You shouldn't be doing that, guy. <laughs> the, yeah. the entire time you were there. Yeah, I was. <laughs> but uh, we watched, or I watched uh, three episodes of Kenichi, The Mightiest Disciple, with uh, when we were over at Bible Study. Yeah, that was that was a little weird. But like You didn't give it a chance. No, and plus, I, mean, I, I think I was... You were tired. I could I tell was. you were tired. I, I was I was very tired, and I wasn't in a... Uh, you were not in the mood for No, anime. I wasn't. I wasn't. I was I'm definitely not in the mood at that time. But it was so funny. Good. <laughs> it's like, we're sitting there going, oh, that was a good episode. Did Jacob leave? 
I said bye. And I missed it. <laughs> Apparently. I was like, I was laughing my butt off at this kid getting his butt whooped by these people training him. Uh, but uh, unfortunately, that one's a little harder to get because uh, Funimation, who used to hold the license to it, apparently that expired. And so we saw it on YouTube. On It, it was actually the YouTube channel we watched on was the official channel of the animation company that made it. Right. So it is that was a purely legal thing, but it was only right. three episodes. Huh. It was on their channel. So you can't get really invested in it because you get there, it's like, oh. It's gone. Oh, hmm. well. But uh, other than that, not much. I mean, mostly, we you know, we finished Final Fantasy VII Remake. Right. And then I promptly went into, okay, let's see how much of this game I can get. That it's, How much of this, of the stuff we skipped in order to get back into the story faster, can I go ahead and come, go back and get? Right. And I've been, been doing a lot of that recently. Plus... I've been going back and playing uh, some Persona 5 Royal, which is kind of like an anime video, anime the video game sort of. So, yeah. My original plans for the weekend, this past July 4th, did get derailed. derailed, And I purely intended to like, oh, I'm going to watch a bunch of movies and get caught up. Yeah, I didn't do that. Yeah, that... All, all, I watched all the- two movies. And both of them are stuff I have to ha- I had to have watched. One of them was today's. Yes, all all great plans often come derailed, especially when one is started. Oh, I'll just play for a couple couple days here in Persona Five, in game days, not real days. Mm. It's like you look at them and go, "Oh, it's seven p.m. <laughs> Perhaps I should do something else before everything closes down today." Exactly. Um, well, I did mention, I did forget, I did mention, mention, I did watch a, uh, a certain classic late 1970s horror film. And of, I watched it too. Yeah. And it was good. It was very surprising. It'd be like, wasn't really a horror film. What the film, what film I'm referring to is Halloween from 1976. Seven, I thought. Yeah. Seven. Doesn't matter. I didn't like it. Mm. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler alert for the Movie of the Week podcast. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so it'd be like, if you want our, our honest reactions, our action review to that film, go to the Movie of the Week podcast, uh, your favorite podcast directory. Mm-hmm. And, and go listen sh- to that when it comes up. Yeah, exactly. We've got a bunch of other interesting episodes over there. Mm-hmm. So give that a look up. Yep, exactly. But that's pretty much all I've watched. Okay. So uh, what do we got in the news? All right. So, all right. So I have a quite a, a lot of news, which is good compared to last week where we had none. Yeah. So, all right. So starting in the news article one. All right. So G Kids has acquired uh, produ- production and distribution for, of animation for adults. And Family Entertainment has announced the requirement for the North American distribution rights for Legendary Animation House, Studio Ghibli's Earwig, Earwig, and The Witch. Ah, the new 3D, the first time Ghibli's done a 3D movie. Exactly. And it's done by Goro Misagami? Misagami. Yeah, it's Miyazaki. Goro Goro Miyazaki, which is Hayao's son. Yeah. And so uh, the movies he's known for is Up on Poppy Hill, Poppy Hill, and Tales of Mercy. Mercy, thank you. 
I've looked at all. I, I didn't read that on there. It's like you just say a keyword. It's like, oh, that's this. Is, here's the whole name of the title. Right. Thank you. I've looked through the, the collection enough to know. Okay, here's what's coming up. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I had to prepare a semi schedule for Ghibli month in November. Right. All right. So the movie is slated to air on NHK in Japan this winter. G Kids were really filmed theatrically in North America. Twenty twenty. All righty. All right. So apparently we got some Scooby Doo news. Do we now? Yes. <laughs> like Zoics, man. This is awesome. <laughs> Jinkies. Yeah, exactly. Thanks, Elizabeth. <laughs> All right, so it looks like Scooby-Doo fans will have a special treat this Halloween. Warner Brothers Animation is preparing a new DVD and digital release uh, featuring titled Happy Scooby Happy, Happy Scooby-Doo Happy mm-hmm. Halloween from Happy Happy nah, Happy Halloween Scooby-Doo. In which the Ghostbuster Ghostbusting team? I was really hoping you said they were going to team up with the Ghostbusters. No, 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 no. no. That's <laughs> probably going to come down the line at some point. Well, except that Ghostbusters is owned by Universal. Go- Scooby is owned by Warner Brothers. I can't imagine the amount of red tape it would take to get them on screen right. at the same time. Right. All right. So the team teams up with none other than Elvira. The Mistress of the Dark. And, of all people, Bill and I, the science guy. It's a Okay? Sco- it's a Scooby-Doo movie. I know they've got to bring in celebrities, but Bill Nye, the science guy? Yeah. I guess he and Velma would have a lot to talk about. I guess so. And the the villain is very interesting. All right. Who's playing the villain? Or no. Say, you say it's very interesting, like, oh. Yeah, it's very interesting. Who is it? All right. You've already teased the audience. All right. So, they will be battling famous Batman villain, the Scarecrow, in this haunted adventure. It's a Warner Brothers title. I know, I know, but is Batman and Robin going to show up I hope. Are we going to have a movie with Elvira, Bill Nye the Science Guy, (laughs) Batman, and Robin? I hope. That that would be kind of cool. I I have to admit uh, that would be, be kind of cool. awkward. That would be awkward. I always think it'd be crazy if they if they somehow stuck Stephen Hawking in there for no good reason. Mm, interesting. I mean, he's dead, but I mean, you can get that voice chip and make it sound like him. Hey, that is true. All right. So, uh, the project features the popular voice cast of this of the series, which includes Frank Walker as Scooby Doo, Frank Jones, Gray Griffin. As Daphne Blake, Michael Le- uh, Matthew Le- Littered, Littered, Lillard. Thank you, Matthew Litter, Little, 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 Little. You got me tongue tied. Lillard, <laughs> Lillard. Thank you, Matthew Lillard. Matthew Lillard as Shaggy Rogers. He's been I, playing him for a while. I, now, I, so. I'm, I'm so glad they actually brought the entire cast back for this. Yeah. Unlike the Scoob movie, which the Scooby-Doo Scoob movie. I, I thought the casting on that was good, if yeah. we're being honest. But that's we will actually have to do a full review of that eventually. We will. Eventually. Stay tuned. All but right. go check out our reactions if you're curious of our exactly. immediate reactions. And Kate McKee? McKee? Something like that? Uh, McKenzie? McKenzie. Thank you. I'm guessing it's McKenzie? Nope. McKenzie. No. I'm terrible at reading people. McKishi. I don't know. Yeah. KDM. KDM. There we go. <laughs> Sorry, KDM I can't be, pronounce it. Will be, uh, they will all be uh, reprising their roles. 
uh, in this movie. And so here's the synopsis. With fake monsters and candy goblins, Halloween is heaven for those hungry folk for these hungry foodies going door to door, door to door. But this year, their sweet hell, their sweet holiday turns sour when the neighborhood pumpkin patch is invaded by toxic ooze, creating high, high flying jack-o'-lanterns and king size pumpkin ladder, squishing everything in its path. It's up to Scooby-Doo and the gang as a team up with their, with their pals, Bill Nye, the science guy, in Avara, the Mysteries of the Dark, to solve the mystery of the gigantic proportions and save Crystal Cove. Crystal Cove? Crystal Cove. Sounds familiar. Not Crystal Lake. Okay, that's why I was confused. <laughs> yeah, we, we're, we're not. We're not. We're not. Wait uh, a minute. <laughs> yeah, we're not Friday the Thirteenth. <laughs> Part whatever. <laughs> Either way, it's like, well, now that would be interesting if I'm being honest. <laughs> yeah. Have Jason Voorhees show up for so no unreason. Freddy versus Freddy. <laughs> <laughs> Just imagine the possibilities, man. <laughs> Either way. Either way. We're, Just we're... when Scooby thought it was safe to take a nap. <laughs> exactly. To eat his last lunch. <laughs> All right. So, Which, Admittedly, that's Nightmare on Elm Street, not Friday the 13th, but I don't care. All right. So I know you're going to be interested in this because oh. this, this is up your your uh, alley. Yeah, up, I'm. Yeah, up your alley. I was trying to find something clever, but it didn't work. All right. So a C, <laughs> CBS All Access, Viacom, CBS Digital Subscription, mm-hmm. Video on Demand, and live streaming service has announced a a new half hour animated animated comedy series, Star Trek Lower Decks will premiere on Tuesday, April 6th, following the premiere. All 10 episodes of the first series will premiere weekly on Tuesdays, exclusively on on CBS All Access subscription in U.S. The series teaser art has been revealed. I'm not doubting you. I may have said something wrong, but... Well, check. Yeah, so... um, It's not that you're wrong. It's just like, that didn't sound right. Hmm. So if you're looking for, like, where does Jacob, Jacob get his information? August. You said April. That's what confused me. Ah. It's April. August. <laughs> no, I'm doing it. It's August 6th. It's yeah, like a- August 6th. <laughs> okay. I had a feeling that's what it was, but I needed to double check. Yeah, it comes out August 6th. So go check that out. All right. So- I will. Trust me. <laughs> and I will give you my full thoughts. Of course. All right. So Nickelodeon. And award-winning Grey Point Pictures, Seth Rogen, Evan Goldberg, and James Weaver are joining are jointly announcing today that the production will begin of the all-new CG animated Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle theatrical motion picture. Yay! We're getting away from the the Bay Turtles. Yay! Exactly. <laughs> Although actually, I thought the Bay Turtle fine, but yeah. then. The second one was better. I don't have nostalgia, so because I didn't watch the kid. No, I did. Which so, is fair. Yeah. So, uh, let's get down to the more juicy parts. Uh, to yeah, let's just say they, it's it's currently in production. It's okay. currently in production, which I'm really excited about. And kind of the last time we had a CG animated turtles movie film was like 2008, I think. Which would have been when four kids had the license. I think so. 
which meant mm, that was my opinion of uh, anything. I gotcha. We're like, mm. <laughs> either way, either way. So we are getting another Turtles film, which I'm really excited if this gets off the ground. Okay. Because you never know, because they could start production and just drop out the base of the planet. True. It's happened. Wouldn't be the first time. Yeah, we will eventually get around to doing uh, like lost animated film, lost animated films. There's a lot we're eventually going to get around. Yeah, to doing, eventually. That that's one of the ones I want to get around to doing is those films. That, that would be an interesting topic, at least to talk about in a short, like things we heard were coming out and then never did. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of information out there about this stuff. So yeah, uh, probably stay tuned for that at some point. The the future, some sometime in the future. Yeah. All right. So that is all I have in the news today. Well, I do want to bring up something you probably didn't catch. All right. What I miss? Let me ask you this: If you were to buy, if you were to go to the store, what would you expect a Blu-ray release of a animated television, perhaps anime? would cost you well not how much would you pay how much would you expect to see on the price tag hmm. in all fairness okay uh are we talking a brand new series it's about a year old okay uh was it a very popular series it's based on a very popular game okay and my understanding is the subtitled version that was uncle okay um if we're talking to more, um, probably forty, fifty dollars, yeah, that would be a fair price. I could go with a forty or fifty dollar piece of a, of a Blu-ray series or yeah. series on Blu-ray. Yeah, but three hundred dollars is a bit much, don't you agree? No, that's insane. What are you talking about? Well, there's a. Uh, I mentioned earlier that I was playing Persona Five Royal. Oh, okay. Well. Back when the original Persona 5 came out, about a year or so after that, they put in, out in Japan, they released an anime called Persona 5 The Animation. Right. It aired uh, sim simulcasted on Crunchyroll mm -hmm. over here, but that meant it was still in Japanese with English subtitles. Right. They just announced they're releasing the English dub. And it's three and the dub, uh, English dub on Blu-ray, and that dub is going to be three hundred dollars. Dear Lord, would you like to know the why on any of this? Yes, okay. explain, please. So the anime was produced by Annie Polex, yeah, who you might recognize in front of such popular anime series as Full Metal Alchemist mm. and a couple of others. This company is run by Sony. Okay. But because of the weird way Sony is, it is not included in Funimation. It is not included with Funimation, even though they're both owned by uh, by Sony. Aniplex of USA is directly owned by Aniplex of Japan, which is then owned by Sony. Whereas Funimation goes through Sony. Uh, eventually, called Sony Pictures. Okay, goes through Sony Pictures. So and and. Aniplex technically goes through the Sony Records side of things, weirdly enough. That is weird. But then it's Sony. Sony is weird yeah, <laughs> in their corporate structure. If you ever do any digging, it is very weird. Yeah. Uh, but here, that's the thing. Aniplex of USA does exactly what Aniplex of Japan tells them to do, even if it means they probably won't sell a dime. 
because of course they will sell a couple. And over in Japan, when they do these Blu-ray releases of mm-hmm. television shows, yeah, they do roughly go for about that in American. Jeez, because they know the nerds who absolutely have to complete their collection will go and buy them for that price. Oh my! I'll, I'll just like wait until it goes streaming at least. Well. This did happen before. You remember the show I talked about last year, Sells at Work? Yeah. Same problem. The Blu-ray release is $300 of a, what is essentially a 14-episode series. So, Uh -uh. no way. Maybe three discs. Three Blu-ray discs. Maybe. And And let me remind you, no special features really to speak of. No special, like... Figures or bags or anything? Admittedly, Persona 5, the animation, considering the game it's adapting, and it does fully adapt the game, is probably somewhere around the 24 episodes. Yeah. So, I mean, you you are getting a little bit more for that than you got for Cells at Work. Right. But the reason that Aniplex feels they need to charge that over here in America is because there is an active problem over in Japan where they are actually importing the American Blu-rays. Huh. Because Japan and America are the same region. Really? On the Blu-ray thing, which is weird in and of itself. It is weird. So they can buy our Blu-rays for roughly $20, which is about what you what Funimation would sell it for. Sell a 24-episode series for about. Yeah. They would just import it, pay the import fees, which are going to raise a little bit higher, and they are still saving money on the, ver- on the version they would buy locally. Wow. So that is why they do that. But at the same time, I ain't paying that kind of money. <laughs> okay. $300. Okay. Let me put it this way. I bought Persona 5 when it came out. Okay. I have bought Persona 5 Royal when it came out. They are virtually the same game. Mm. Total price was 120 mm. I'm still saving money on not buying the Blu-ray. <laughs> I agree with you there. And... I get more entertainment. <laughs> that is true. Wow. It, it's one thing. Is... It's one thing. It's a completely original work. Yeah. Maybe I can understand that, but you don't have to watch the anime. You can get the same story done. In mid, my understanding is better. Yeah. If you don't mind playing the video game. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> that is interesting. So in more of a kind of a lighter and not, oh my gosh, that would break the bank for some people. Yeah. All right. So, uh, the problem I, is, they'll get that money from somebody. Oh, they will. But not from me. No way on earth. You're like, wait till it comes to Netflix. Or mm-hmm. some other streaming service. Yeah. So, I posted on the uh, all the, the social media, um, you know, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Yes. Um, a, Which you uh, can go follow us on. We'll, yes. We'll tell you more about that near the end of the show. Exactly. So, um, I found this picture on on Instagram. Not Instagram, but uh, Pinterest. Okay. And it was just basically this picture of Elsa from Frozen 2, who just looked like she was frustrated about something. Obviously, well, it is a clip from... It is, it is a screenshot from the movie. Yes. And I think I know which part. Yeah, it's 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 a really good scene. But if, if you don't know what's going on, you have no context. Yes. So I, gr- I grabbed it and put it online. It's to be like, hey... Everybody capture caption this and be like and make it funny. And I had mm-hmm. so like thank you so much for everybody who chimed in and had fun with that. Definitely yes. on on my uh So uh why don't you read a couple of those? Okay. Or if you want, I'll read it. Uh hold on. I've got a few. 
Well, I'll, g- I'll give you if you want to go back and forth, whatever. All right. However you want to do it. All right. All right. So from Amy Curry, I'm going to throw their names out here because these are really, really cool people, by the way. Uh, her says they're touching the thermostat again. It said it's 65. <laughs> That's too cold. That is way too cold. <laughs> Who took the last ice, the last cookie from the cookie jar, says Heather Morgan. This one you might like. I'm not a morning person, but Olaf is. Yeah, I, I <laughs> there's a reason I wrote that. Yeah, exactly. Because when I looked at that picture, the first thought was, oh, she's. I, I felt like that. And it's usually at 530 <laughs> in the morning when somebody is being chipper. Yeah. Hi, how are you doing? It's like, you know, I'm that person in the morning. <laughs> which is why we do not share an apartment. <laughs> because I guarantee he would kill me. All right, so on to another one. Okay. Actually, it's just never come up before. So. Exactly. That would be weird. All right, so to another one. Okay, who brought the tofu? From uh, Perry Morgan. Yeah. Actually, I don't mind tofu. From Brian R. Rafe, who is our last uh, special last guest. episode. Yep. So big shout out to Brian. Uh, I said, Vinti Ice Latte. Oh, the cold never bothered her anyway. That is true. All right, so from Jim Heron. Our uh, co-host our, over on the Movie of the Week podcast. Yes. Did you call me a snowflake? Seriously? <laughs> uh, from Bree Sheffield. I can't see my forehead. <laughs> and then a... Uh, Why would you... Anyway. A gift from SpongeBob SquarePants. SpongeBob SquarePants. I, was, I, I can't pronounce that word sometimes. SpongeBob SpongeBob SquarePants. Squ- okay. He lives in a pineapple under the sea. Whatever you say, Chief. Absorbent and yellow and porous is he. All right. Anyway. All right. So to, to the last one, it's from, uh, I got it. <laughs> I, just, I, I just like, for, for some odd reason, I always have a problem reading sometimes. I know the word. It's just like, say it, darn it. <laughs> All right. So from Zach, it says, focus, keep it in. Don't let them see, don't let them see the fart on, in you. Okay. Very, very bravo, bravo, Zach. Very bravo on that one. And uh, obviously, I did skip a few here and there, but Billy, it was very funny. Like uh, uh, Charlie Cheek chimed in. What's that smell? Or one from Olaf farts. Yeah. Or uh, Alyssa, who I previously worked with. Uh, me when I'm on my way to my bathroom break, and someone calls for service five. Five means <laughs> comes to the front. Okay then. Yeah, that's never a fun idea. It's like, man, I gotta use my, I gotta, I gotta use the restroom, and now you're calling me the front. This is unfair. <laughs> okay. Either way, so I thought that would chime that in because that was that was a lot of fun. Just to, there again to everybody who chimed in and you know dropped a comment here or there. It was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for doing that. All right, alrighty so then. That's what I've got. So why don't we go ahead and move into the spoiler-free section? Of our review of the movie, The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Yes. So, question. Had you ever watched this or the three uh, shorts that it technically is, comes from? I were, yes, I actually did. When I was when I was very young, I remember seeing this. Because I could, could... Okay, when I first... When I started watching this on Disney+, Plus, which is available on Disney+, Plus right now. Mm. So... 
I started watching. He's like, okay, yes, I can add to this my uh, my uh, 100 movies challenge. I was like, yeah. yes, I can do it. And then I'm watching. I was like, wait, this looks too. Oh no, I've watched this before. No. <laughs> so yes, I've watched this movie before when I was a very small child, and uh, I remember very small little things about the film. Because mm-hmm. obviously you remember Tigger, you remember all the characters. Yeah. Uh, I remember the uh, the like the hero parade. I remember that uh, and other little things throughout the film. But as a little kid, you just I Bill as child, I had the attention span of a gopher, and I still do. Yeah, uh, except I'm a little better than I was as a little child. But uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it for what it was. It was very, it's very much a children's. It's it's Winnie the Pooh, so it's a children's movie. Very much a children's movie. And I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. Um, it was fun actually hearing the the original cast. The mm-hmm. original cast from the, the, I think, the TV show. I think I could be wrong. I did, not all of them were on the TV show. Oh, okay. Didn't know that. Some of them were. Okay. In fact, uh, there were three people who played Christopher Robin in this movie. I didn't know that. <laughs> Huh. Okay, so we'll get to that when we get to cast. Yes. Um, I enjoyed it. So, yeah, it does come down to your definition of original cast. Yeah. So, it was a good movie. It was a good movie. It's it's definitely a ki- it's definitely definitely aimed at the kids' demographic, the little kids' demographic. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a lot of fun. I would highly recommend it, definitely, if you got little ones. And if you want to go back and, you know, like people that are our age uh, – Mid thirties, mm-hmm. living uh, some warm nostalgia for a bit. Yeah, exactly. Go watch it. It's 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 mm-hmm. fun. What about you? Believe it or not, I had never watched this movie before. Shock! I had watched uh, the New Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, that TV show. Yes, when it was on in the late eighties. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had watched uh, uh, the recent Christopher Robin movie. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed that, but I had never... I know I've seen clips Hmm. from this movie, and I knew somewhat how this went, but I had never watched the whole thing or any of the three shorts. Okay. So it was interesting to watch these as they originally came out back in the 70s. Yeah. Even though some of the animation actually dates back from the 60s. But uh, I, I enjoyed how this movie is put together because there is some creative editing in order they they did in order to merge these three shorts into one whole movie. Agreed. Uh, And in some cases they actually went and animated more to it. Yeah. Uh, So a lot of breaking the four, a lot. And you would think to some degree that would get on your nerves, but yet at the same time, it doesn't. It's like, this is brilliant how you're doing this. So, yeah, I mean, it's a fun movie. It's It was a nice way to spend a, uh, a Saturday afternoon. And uh, it was just a nice, fun little movie. Yeah, exactly. Highly suggest giving it a watch if you are looking for something just to kind of relax. And don't get spooked about the Huffalumps and Woozles. <laughs> Anyway, I, I remember that as a kid, and I was like, "Okay, that's kind of lumps, cr- not hoofalumps." Yeah, hoofalumps, 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 and woos. Anyway, it was it was a very fun, nostalgic fallback into the Hundred Acre Woods. Yes, 
So I think that does bring us to the end of our spoiler-free section. Yes. So uh, before we jump into our intermission, uh, you got anything to add? Uh, the wonderful thing about Tigger is I'm the only one. You can say that. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, just join us for the uh, spoiler-filled section on the other side of our intermission. The following is a spoiler-filled review for the movie The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Listener discretion is advised. Do you know how hard it is to say that with a straight face? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Mm. So, uh, technically, when The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh is a, comp- is a compilation of three different shorts, which are Winnie the Pooh and the Honey Tree. From mm-hmm. 1966, Winnie the Pooh and the Blustery Day from 1968, and Winnie the Pooh and Tigger 2 in 1974. These were directed by uh, John Lounsbury, who also went would go on to direct The Rescuers, Wolfgang Reitherman, who, would, who also directed The Aristocats, The Sword and the Stone, The Jungle Book, and Robin Hood, mm-hmm. and uh, Ben Sharpstein, who directed Dumbo, Pinocchio, and Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Yeah. So we've just got the entire array of pre-90s Disney movies on display here. Wow, okay. Really? Uh, It was written by Larry Clemens, Ralph White, Vance Jerry, Xavier Atencio, Ken Anderson, Julius Vinson, Ted Berman, Eric Kluwerth, and Winston Hibbler. I am not telling you anything else they wrote because that's too many people. But I will tell you that the Winnie the Pooh shorts are these this movie is based on the books by A.A. A. Milne. Cast includes Sebastian Cabot as the narrator. He played uh, Bagheera the Panther in the Jungle Book. Junius Matthews as Rabbit, who would go on to play Archimedes in The Sword and the Stone. Oh dear. Okay. Uh, Barbara Luddy plays Kanga. She would go on to play Lady in Lady and the Tramp. Mm. Howard Morris plays Gopher. He was Ernest T. Bass in The Andy Griffith Show. Joe Fiedler plays Piglet. And he played Lawyer Daggett in the John Wayne True Grit. Ah. The original True Grit. (laughs) Oh, dear. You know now I have to go back and watch that True Grit to find this character and remember, (laughs) that's Piglet. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Ralph Wright, who you'll note I mentioned back up in the writers for this, mm-hmm. is the voice of Eeyore. This movie, the three uh, shorts it's based on, the fourth one, short that came out a couple years later, and one other thing, all Eeyore mm-hmm. is all of his credits. Wow. <laughs> Outside of being a writer. Oh, yeah. And he would he did write Peter Pan. Hmm. Hal Smith plays Owl. Who? And he played Otis the Drunk in the Andy Griffith show. Oh. Oh, who no. <laughs> Clint Howard played Rue in Honey the Honey Tree segment and Blustery Day segment. Hmm. Uh he pre back when we did Jungle Book, I mentioned him on uh 
as playing uh, the the little elephant there with the can't remember the character's yeah. name. Mm-hmm. And I said in that he played a character in Star Trek the original series that I couldn't remember. Yeah. I finally looked it up. Good. He played Balok in Star Trek the original series. Mm. Keep in mind this was the same year as uh, Winnie the Pooh and the Honey Tree. Oh, he played a little kid in both because huh. he was a little kid. I say little kid. He wasn't really a little kid in Star Trek episode. An alien that looked like a little kid. Gotcha. Anyway, Dory Whitaker played Rue in uh, Tigger 2, and uh, she was Tagalong in Robin Hood. Hmm. Oh, okay. You know, the, little, uh, the littlest of the three rabbits. Yeah. Uh, Bruce Reitherman played Christopher Robin in The Honey Tree. Silly old bear. He was Mowgli the Man Cub in The Jungle Book. That makes sense. John Walmsley played Christopher Robin in Blustery Day, and he played Jason Walton in the television show The Waltons. Huh. And Timothy Turner played Christopher Robin in the Tigger 2 segment, and this is his only role. Wow. Period. Hmm. He did not do anything after this that was on there. Sterling Holloway played Winnie the Pooh. Think, think, think. And he was the voice of Ka the Snake in Robin Hood. No, in Jungle Book, sorry. Yeah, in Jungle Book. In Jungle Book. And now, and really? last and last but not least, Paul Winchell played Tigger. <laughs> he was the voice, he was the original voice of Dick Dastardly. Really? Yeah. Okay. And I honestly can't hear it. No. <laughs> but I mean, I can I can hear Caw and Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. Strangely enough, that is weird. But I couldn't. I just can't hear Dick Dastardly <laughs> in Tigger. Yeah, because that'd be really weird. Because right now, I think it's oh Frank Walker is doing. Uh, I think it's no. Is it Frank Walker? Frank or, uh, Walker, I think, is doing Tigger. Oh yeah. Tigger and somebody else. Yeah, Pooh. While uh, Brad Garrett is playing Eeyore, which is hilarious. Yeah, that is going <laughs> to... It totally fits, too. Yeah. So, uh, what's our box office info thingamabobber look like for this episode? Not much, actually. All right. So, IMDb, it's a 7.6... Rotten Tomatoes, it's 100%. Nothing really to complain about in this no, movie, admittedly. No, there's not. Though really. I've got something. Yeah. Uh, it's got an 88% uh, audience score. It was re- production was by Walt Disney Production and distributed by Bona Vista Distribu- Distribution. Distribution. Yeah. I get I tongue tied too much. It's fine. <laughs> All right. It was released on March 11th, 1977, and there's no information, there's no data whatsoever. On um, its budget, on how much it, if it ever went to theaters. But it did go to theaters. Yeah. There, this is the 22nd uh, animated feature mm. by Walt Disney Animation Studios. And yet, and yet there are, there's no data out there. I At least I couldn't find any data well, on, on the Because uh, that's the thing office. is three quarters. Uh, actually, I wouldn't say three quarters. Nine-tenths of this movie was created as three separate shorts. That is true. That were then edited together, and then a couple scenes put in to make them all mesh, which means they really couldn't... I mean, honestly, this was probably a very cheap turnaround movie for them to make. Probably was. So, since this is technically three shorts, 
strap in for the summary because this is a long one. Winnie the Pooh, a bear living in the Hundred Acre Wood, is disappointed to find out that he is out of honey. He hears a bee fly by and decides to climb a nearby honey tree. But as he reaches the beehive, a branch he is sitting on breaks, causing him to fall into a gorse bush below. Pooh's best friend, Christopher Robin, gives Pooh a balloon and he tries to trick the bees by disguising himself as a little black rain cloud by rolling in a mud puddle and floating up to the beehive. He pulls out some honey and eats it without noticing that it is covered in bees. The bees fly around inside his mouth, causing him to spit them out, one of which is the queen whom he kicks into the muddy patch below. Soon Pooh's disguise starts to drip, to which the bees attack him. The queen sees this and angrily flies up and stings him on the bottom. The sudden hit causes Pooh to swing up and down and get stuck at the beehive, much much to the queen bee's laughter, laughter at his expense, thinking that it is so f- thinking that it's funny. He is then shoved out of the hole by the bees, who proceed to chase him away. Pooh, still hungry, decides to visit Rabbit's house. Rabbit reluctantly invites Pooh in. Pooh greedily helps himself to jars and jars of honey until there is none left. Hmm. He tries to leave, but gets stuck in Rabbit's front door. Go viewers. When Rabbit finds Pooh stuck, he tries to push Pooh through and eventually discovers that not even with Christopher Robin pulling can they get him out. Christopher Robin suggests that they try pushing him back, but Rabbit disagrees. Thus, Christopher Robin has only one more solution. Wait for Pooh to get thin again to the point where he can slip through Rabbit's front door again. In the meantime, Rabbit decides to decorate Pooh's bottom so he will not have to face looking at him being stuck for so long. But when Rabbit tries to create a moose head on (laughs) Pooh's bottom... It tickles Pooh, which messes up the look. While he is doing this, Kanga and Roo visit Pooh and give him some honeysuckle flowers, which make Pooh sneeze, completely destroying the decoration. Mm. Much to Rabbit's dismay, Rabbit is also forced to put up a don't feed the bear sign. I love that. Forbidding anyone to feed Pooh at all. After Pooh tries to get some honey from his friend Gopher late one night. Finally, when a depressed Rabbit leans against Pooh one morning, and feels him move a bit, he realizes that Pooh has gone thin. Ecstatic, Rabbit and Christopher Robin gather their friends to get Pooh out. Everyone except Rabbit pulls from outside while Rabbit pushes from the inside. After many pulls and pushes from both sides, Rabbit finally shoves Pooh with a running start, and Pooh is launched free from Rabbit's door and into the air and lands headfirst into the hole of another honey tree, scaring the bees away. Hmm. Although his friends offer to free him, Pooh does not mind being stuck again, as his being stuck headfirst in the tree means he can now gorge himself on the vast amount of honey stored inside. Some people never learn. In the next chapter, it is a very windy day. Winnie the Pooh visits his thoughtful spot. As Pooh sits thinking, Gopher pops out of the ground and advises him to leave as it is a Wednesday. Misunderstanding the warning, Pooh goes around the Hundred Acre Wood to wish everyone a happy Wednesday. He arrives at the beech tree home of his friend Piglet, who is nearly blown away while trying to rake leaves. But Pooh grabs him by his scarf, like the, like the string of a kite. They pass by Kanga and Roo, Eeyore, whose stick house Pooh breaks as he passes, and Rabbit, whose carrots Pooh inadvertently helps harvest as he slides by. The wind blows Pooh and Piglet to Al's treehouse, where he invites them in. Pooh wishes Al a happy Wednesday, as he has everyone else, but Al informs them that this wind is due to a mild spring zephyr. As Al recounts the adventures of various relatives, the strong wind causes the house to sway and eventually collapse, for which he initially blames Pooh. 
Christopher Robin and the others arrive as the wrecked house cannot be repaired. Eeyore volunteers to seek out a new house for Al, who proceeds to tell more stories for quite some time, take, talking from pages 41 to 62. On page 63, <laughs> the wind Jeez. is still blowing as night falls, right. and Pooh is kept awake by noises outside and opens the door for a visitor. Tigger, who introduces himself with his signature song, informs Pooh that he has come looking for something to eat. Disgusted by the taste of Pooh's honey, Tigger tells him there are heffalumps and woozles in the forest that steal honey and departs. Frightened, Pooh stays up to guard his honey but falls asleep as a thunderstorm brews up. After a nightmare about heffalumps and woozles stealing his honey and chasing him around, he wakes up in a flood caused by the storm. In the flood, Piglet is washed away from his home, writing a message in a bottle for help just before the water carries him off in a floating chair. Pooh manages to reach higher ground with only ten honey pots, but the rising water carries, carries him away. Kanga, Roo, Rabbit, and Tigger gather at Christopher Robin's on the highest ground while Eeyore continues house hunting for Owl. Roo finds Piglet's bottle and Owl flies off to tell Piglet that help is on the way. Owl reaches Piglet and Pooh, but before he can inform them of the impending rescue and tell another boring story, a waterfall <laughs> threatens to carry them all over the side. Pooh switches places with Piglet so they can take the plunge, and the waterfall washes them right into Christopher Robin's yard. Thinking that Pooh has rescued Piglet, Christopher Robin throws a party to celebrate Pooh's heroic deed, while Eeyore announces he has found a new home for Al. He leads everyone to his discovery, which, known to everyone except Al and Eeyore, is Piglet's beech tree. Al is impressed, and Piglet generously decides that Al should have the house. Pooh invites Piglet to move into his home, and impressed by Piglet's selflessness, asks Christopher Robin to make the party for two heroes instead of one. In the next chapter, it is fall. Tigger has been bouncing on anyone he comes across for fun, especially Rabbit, when he is gardening, which makes Rabbit angry. So he decides to arrange a meeting with Pooh and Piglet and formulate a plan to prevent Tigger from bouncing. Abandon Tigger in the woods and find him the next day so hopefully Tigger will stop bouncing on his friends unexpectedly. Initially, the plan seems to work, but when Rabbit, Pooh, and Piglet are unable to find their way home, Pooh makes a suggestion about following a sandpit in order to find their way out of the forest because they've been following, they've been trying to get home, but they keep finding the sandpit. In an attempt to prove Pooh wrong, Rabbit wanders away. Pooh and Piglet then fall asleep but are awakened by Pooh's empty stomach. He explains to Piglet that his 12 honeypots in his cupboard have been calling to his tummy from home and that he couldn't hear them over Rabbit's voice. Pooh and Piglet find their way out of the forest but are immediately bounced by Tigger. Piglet, realizing that the plan failed, mentions Rabbit's plan and Tigger goes into the forest to find him. Rabbit walks through the darkest part of the forest by himself and is scared by numerous noises, such as a caterpillar eating a leaf and frogs croaking. Rabbit tries to run away in a panic, only to be tackled by Tigger. Rabbit is humiliated that his plan to lose Tigger has failed. Tigger explains to him that Tiggers never get lost and takes Rabbit home. Later, wintertime has come and uh, Roo wants to go play. Kanga is unable to be with him, so she calls on Tigger to look after Roo as long as he comes back in time for Roo's nap. Tigger gladly accepts. Along the way through the woods, Tigger and Roo see Rabbit skating on the ice. Tigger tries to teach Roo how to ice skate by doing it himself, but unfortunately he loses his balance and collides with Rabbit while trying to regain it. In moments, Tigger slides into a snowbank and Rabbit crashes into his house. Tigger then decides that he does not like ice skating. Later on, while bouncing around the woods with Roo on his back, Tigger accidentally jumps to the top of a very tall tree and is afraid to climb back down. 
He gets even more scared when Rue grabs his tail and uses it as a swing, making Tigger think he's rocking the forest. Meanwhile, Pooh and Piglet are investigating strange animal tracks that are actually Tigger and Rue's. Suddenly, they hear Tigger howling for help and quickly hide. At first, Pooh mistakes Tigger's howl for the sound of a jaguar, but after seeing that it's actually Tigger and Rue in the tree, he and Piglet come to their rescue. Shortly afterward, Christopher Robin, Rabbit, and Kanga arrive, and the gang uses Christopher's coat as a net for Tigger and Rue to land in once they jump from the tree. Rue successfully jumps down, but Tigger, who is still too frightened to jump, makes up several excuses to not come down. Rabbit then decides that the group will just have to leave Tigger in the tree forever, on which Tigger promises never to bounce again if he ever is released from his predicament. At that moment, the narrator chimes in for help. Tigger begs him to narrate him down from the street as he tilts the book sideways, allowing Tigger to step onto the text of the page. Tigger starts to feel better that he made it this far, but before he can do otherwise, the narrator tilts the book back the other way, causing Tigger to fall into the snow. Happy, Tigger attempts to bounce, but Rabbit stops him, reminding Tigger of the promise he made. Devastated, Tigger realizes he could, never, he could not bounce anymore and slowly walks away, and Rabbit feels better that there will be peace. But everyone else does not, and feel, felt sad to see Tigger depressed and remind Rabbit of the joy Tigger brought when he was bouncing. Then Rabbit, realizing how selfish he was, shows sympathy for Tigger and takes back the promise they had agreed on. He is given a friendly tackle by the overly excited Tigger. Tigger invites everyone to bounce with him and even teaches Rabbit how to do it. For the first time, Rabbit is happy to be bouncing, as is everyone else, as Tigger sings his signature song once more before it closes. At the very end, Christopher, Robin, and Pooh discuss what they liked doing together, and, and Christopher asks the bear to promise to remember him and to keep some of the memories of their time together alive. Pooh agrees to do so, and the film closes with the narrator saying that wherever Christopher Robin goes, Pooh will always be waiting for him whenever he returns. So since I've been talking for an extremely long time, Jacob, why don't you tell us your first like for this movie? Oh, that's easy. Tigger. <laughs> why am I not surprised? Hey, I always loved Tigger as a kid. Tigger was this really cool, bouncy character. I remember trying to bounce as a kid and like be like Tigger, but obviously I didn't have a tail, and I wasn't I a, a I wasn't visual, a Tigger. I have a visual <laughs> image of you trying to bounce on your butt. <laughs> I think I tried it once. It didn't work, obviously. But uh, I think any kid who who liked Tigger would be like I think even more modern kids or you know today's kids be like are are would love Tigger. So Tigger has always had a like a font like a fondness in my heart for nostalgia. Mm-hmm. And so watching this again, when Tigger poop, when Tigger popped up, it was, it was like, Oh my gosh, be like Tigger. I love Tigger. And, um, uh, so yeah, my number one is definitely Tigger. Cause I love, okay. All right. What is your number one? My number one is the, in this yes, movie. absolutely. Um, throughout you heard me say it there a couple times in the summary, but throughout the entire movie, there is this idea that you're actually looking at the illustrations in a book, and that yeah. is really what the animation style is kind of, mm-hmm. or the art style is anyway. Yeah. And it's not just something, you know, many Disney movies start off with opening the book, and then they tell the story. Right. And then they close the book at the end, and between the two bookends, there's no idea that you're in a book. You re- This is all storybook thing at right. all. Half the time, there's not even a narrator. But in this movie, 
you're reminded about every five minutes that all this is taking place literally in a, in a book. Yes. My favorite line is when um, Pooh gets shot out of Rabbit's house and shot towards the, the, the bee, yeah. the, the, the hive. And they say, look, Pooh's almost out of the book. Quick, turn the page. <laughs> flip, and flip, he, flip, flip. And he flew all the way over to pay... He flew all the way over to page 12 or whatever the line actually is. Yeah. It's like, oh my word, that is simultaneously brilliant. And you could never get away with this in any movie after this point. True. Because the idea that this is all in a book would just be confusing, especially in today's day and age when so many people, when they do physically read a book, they are physically reading it on their phone or on a Kindle or you know an e-reader or something like that or a tablet. I don't think that wor- that joke works if you're using one of those. Yeah, it quite literally you see the figure flip. It, it just wouldn't it's not it's not as visually interesting as that is true. turning the page. Yeah, visually seeing Especially the page. Especially when uh the, the other times we get that turning the page like when we were s- switching between chapters, which uh-huh. is literally switching between shorts in most cases. But uh the fact that the characters act well, Pooh actively talks to both the narrator and to the ones people watching. Yeah, and it's just—it's a brilliantly written thing where it's—it's it's there. You really do feel like you're in the world, even though you're reading the book, even though you're actually just watching a movie. Mm-hmm. I enjoy that bit of it. You feel like you're a part of the adventure. You're not just a passive observer. You're just an observer who can't help any yeah. other than maybe turning the page. Even you're—you're you're not really doing that. But yeah, that's that's my first like for this movie. All of the utter destruction of the fourth wall in this movie. <laughs> uh, my second would be the segment in which Pooh Bear gets stuck in, we, Ra- in Rabbit's house. <laughs> I actually agree with this. Because he, this is a thought that has always crossed my mind anytime I've seen the clips from this. Yeah. And I even noticed it when I played it, played this level in Kingdom. Of course. Pooh's front door is literally a rabbit hole. Yeah. His back door is a actual door that's big enough that Pooh could have walked through. And there's a part of me that's going, that has to be the joke. That has to be the joke here. It's like Pooh could have come in the quote unquote back door. Yeah. And he would have (laughs) fit. But because he had to go out the front door, he doesn't fit. It's like, well, even in the movie, it describes... Pooh is be like, not the most intelligent bear. Yeah, he's a bear of little mind. Bear of little mind. But So, oh, I went through the front door the first time. I can get through the th- this time. Well, it makes not sense. <laughs> and the fact, you know, I don't want to jump no, ahead. go ahead. No, you, I was about to jump ahead, so you go okay. ahead and do uh, Just the, 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 it's that whole running gag of, like, Pooh gets stuck. and be like, Pooh comes into Rabbit's den and eats all of his honey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's like, oh, just be like, you know, help yourself. And, like, you can see Rabbit is like, I don't want him here, but I'm going to be a gracious host and allow him to eat my honey. And, of course, Pooh eats everything. Because he's Pooh Bear. He's Pooh Bear. And they get stuck. (laughs) And the hilarity of 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 the entire short is trying to figure out how to get Pooh out of there. You get Gopher. Gopher doesn't do anything in this except pop up every once in a while yes. and, and becomes a temptation to Pooh Bear. And is very proud to not be in the book. 
I wish I wish I could like you know do that. That'd be that'd be amazing to do to do uh, Gopher's voice because oh. just that 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 yeah Shane. Uh, that's not that voice. It's it's close enough. Yeah, but it was more New York gangster or Chicago gangster. That than it was. that is true. <laughs> it was e- Gopher. That is true. Either way, um, yeah, the the entire short is hilarious. Be like there. It's a good little movie. It's a good little movie. So yeah, mm-hmm. I'll, my second would definitely be the uh, Pooh Bear getting stuck in Rabbit's hole. What okay. is your number two? My number two is the fact that I, I don't know why this maybe never occurred to me before, but these aren't just weirdly colored animals yeah. that happen to be living in the Hundred Acre Wood. These literally are stuffed animals yeah. that are alive. <laughs> And it never occurred to me that's what I was looking at. Because, yeah, you can see the seams, but it's like, oh, it's imagination. It's like, no, no. Pooh can actually get the stuffing literally ripped out of him. <laughs> he turns his head all the way around at one point. That was creepy. It's like, oh, okay. They literally do have to nail Eeyore's tail back on yes. because he is filled with sawdust. Mm-hmm. And at some point, I'm sitting there watching, that's ridiculous. And yet, it doesn't break the immersion. In fact, it actually helps it that this is all... You you can tell this entire thing is based within the imagination of Christopher Robin. Yes. More than it is anything else. And it is his childhood toys that we're talking to. Mm -hmm. Or we're watching have these adventures for so long. It just makes perfect sense in a strange way that really... To my very grown-up and adult mind, at first gives me a little like, oh, well, that's not going to happen. And I go, of course it's not going to happen. This is in the mind of a child. Mm-hmm. Go with it. <laughs> yep. And strangely enough, if once you accept that little bit, every bit of logic in this movie works. Anything that you could that say, oh, that logically doesn't work, it's like, no, this is imagination of a child. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's actually strangely at that point then that knowledge makes the whole movie have logic mm-hmm. that seemingly is not there if you went based on what i described yeah but yeah that's 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 my number two is how logical this world is set up and how these are just stuffed animals yeah that are living in the forest all righty uh my three would actually be this one's gonna be a little weird one but the uh the final short of what what I'm calling uh, Rabbit's Redemption. Ah. So, in the final short, as Drew described in our synopsis, which, that... But, which, for few, for reference, that is officially Winnie the Pooh and Tigger 2. Yeah, Winnie the Pooh and Tigger 2. Uh, so, Rabbit is kind of sick and tired of Tigger doing his thing and bouncing on everybody. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of rude. Be like, you don't bounce on people unexpectedly. You, you tell them before you bounce on them. <laughs> well, ideally, you don't bounce on them. You maybe bounce near them, but yeah. not on <laughs> them. <laughs> yeah. So Ideally. So, obviously, his rabbit's whole intention is to get rid of uh, Tigger. It's not to get rid of Tigger. It's to stop Tigger from bouncing. Yeah, or get because, him lost. <laughs> because in all well the idea was they would get him lost. Yeah. And then they would come back later to find them and say, "Here's what it's this is and I guess tell him if you keep acting like this, this is what's left for you." 
Yeah. So you should not bounce anymore. I guess mm. is what Rabbit's idea was. I think Piglet and Pooh were just along for the ride. Yeah, that's, that's that's normally what happens. But uh, it's it's the fact that like you know Rabbit, you know they're again reiterating the fact that you know Rabbit has gotten tired of Tigger, and I think mm-hmm. everybody kind of has gotten tired of Tigger at this point. But the the fact that be like they he intentionally tries to get you know. Uh, Tigger lost in the woods mm-hmm. in order to teach him a lesson, but it only back it ultimately winds up backfiring on himself to where he winds up getting afraid and he's almost in relief that he gets he gets bounced by Tigger again. Yeah, and uh, and then the very end where um, the they kind of break they they break the promise because uh, Rabbit sees how depressed. Uh, mm-hmm. Tigger is well. He has to be made to look at Tigger. Yeah, he's pretty much like, oh yeah, dancing is over. I'm done. Let's yeah. all go home. Yeah, yeah. So it's a weird one, but yeah, it's just the uh, rabbit's redemption of be like, it's like okay, Tigger isn't that bad. Just yeah, it was good. So that was my number three. What are yours? My number three performance of Sterling Holloway. Oh yeah, the writing <laughs> on Winnie the Pooh is amazing. Yeah, I agree. I love every single one of those jokes, especially when he's scared of the heffalumps and woozles breaking oh, in. That, that was like, and that he's, was... as he's guarding the honey is honey. Yeah, that was good. Talking to himself in the mirror and all the little visual gags in there. But the way his voice would the way he would the way the character talked to the the character was he was a bear of little of, of short of mind, of course. Yeah. With everybody else, and everyone loved him for it. But for some reason, when he's talking, to, when the Pooh is talking to the narrator, he's all almost kind of cleverer than he was yeah. before, in a strange way. It's almost like, and an yet, actor. and yet, it feels better. It feels, it feels like the same character. I mean, mm-hmm. he's, I and mean, he's, he, he's really what I think of when I think of Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, uh, he's just that. His performances, Winnie the. He, Everyone else, I can kind of go, oh, I've heard that voice before. Oh, I know who that is. I don't recognize, I know why, I know in, intellectually that he's the same voice as Ka. It doesn't sound like Ka. No, it doesn't. Except it also kind of does. Mm-hmm. You don't think of that being Ka, which when you really stop and think about it, that is a weird, too weird. It's kind of hard to think of Ka and Winnie the Pooh being the same person. But yeah, it's just he, I enjoy Winnie the character of Winnie the Pooh so much in this because he's it's kind of hard to be mad at him. He does so many awful things in reality, but it's so hard to be mad at him. That is true. He, and I think that's the that's the epitome of who, what the Winnie the Pooh character. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, what's uh, we that brings us to the end of our likes. What is your first dislike if oh. you have one? Oh the. Because I know this is going to be a toughie. Yeah the the first one would be poor Piglet, <laughs> poor Piglet. Because little little Piglet, he's got his own home. He like apparently it's a generational home. Yeah, he's had it for years. He's had it for years. He inherited it from his uh, father, uh, trespassers will. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh my word! And so what? Owl loses his house. You know, obviously Eeyore goes trying to find because. Like Eeyore's a cool character, even though he's depressed half the time. But 
Well, who else would have that determination to keep looking for a house for Al when there's a flood going on? <laughs> yeah. I'll float. It doesn't matter. But so he finds this house and it's like, oh, this is perfect. This is perfect for Al. But it turns out to be poor Piglet's house. Yeah. And it's like, okay, everyone's almost in agreement. Okay, this is yeah. this is Al's house. Yet, everybody knows except for Al and Eeyore that it's Piglet's house. <laughs> and it's like, Christopher, step in here, please. You are the sole voice of reason in this community. <laughs> step in and put a stop to this. Go build Al a house in another tree. Something like that. And poor Piglet be like just gives in and be like, oh, I'll I'll I'll, I'll go some I'll go live somewhere else and you know, like obviously Pooh get lies in the sleep. Yeah, which is li- nice of Pooh, but house. at the same time, he never should have had to give up that. No, we shouldn't have. <laughs> this is so wrong. <laughs> exactly. Like I said, poor Piglet. <laughs> so that that is my number one dislike is like poor Piglet. <laughs> what is your number one? Your first dislike. My first dislike. It's Tigger during the blustery day segment. Okay. Now, granted, this is the first time he shows up. Nobody knows who he is. And he just is a menace the entire time he's on screen. That that is true. He is actually a much more likable character when you get to the Tigger 2 segment. Yeah. But in blustery day, let's look at what he does. He invades Pooh's home. Mm -hmm. He tells tells him Pooh's favorite food is disgusting. And then goes to say, hey, you're disgusting food. Heffalumps and woozles are going to come and steal it. Bye. I'm out of here. I'm hopping along. It's like, <laughs> what the crap, man? <laughs> Worst house guest invader ever. <laughs> yeah, it's like, who, who lets you in? Are you Loki? You've got to be Loki. <laughs> exactly. You are the Loki of this cast. That's all there is to it. I don't oh, know. Who, that's that's gonna get drawn. I, I know. I don't it. know who the Thor is, but Tigger is definitely Loki. Oh, it, it's Pooh. It's definitely Pooh. <laughs> oh bother! <laughs> I'm gonna have to draw that. You just had it in my head. Winnie the Pooh is Thor, and Loki and Tigger is Loki. <laughs> Good night. And I, I guarantee there probably be some listeners is like, how dare you say that? But they'd be like, that works. <laughs> Piglet is Captain America. Okay. Um. I'm trying to think. Oh, Eeyore has to be Hulk. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, in a heartbeat. Uh, Kanga's probably, uh, what's her name? Uh, Black Widow. Yeah. Or Rabbit, I guess it'd have to be Iron Man. Yeah. And then Rue is, of course, Peter. Yeah. <laughs> Peter Parker. <laughs> Works. Uh, then who would Al be? Jarvis. Jar- Jarvis? <laughs> no, he's probably, I could see him as, as Hawkeye. Falcon. Mm-hmm. Hawkeye. Okay, that works too. He works as Hawkeye. That is that is true. He is a he's a he's a a strangest little thing we've gone off on. (laughs) Anyway, uh, yeah, that's just is like I I like Tigger as a character because he's that injection of insanity and what is mostly a calm cast. True, but this one is like you're just being a jerk in this in this. Section true. So yeah, that's that's my first dislike is Tigger during the blustery day segment. Uh, now this is hard. This is really hard trying to pin down two others, mm-hmm. and honestly, I don't have one. Be like, I, I really can't think of it off the top of my head because I didn't write it. Right. But 
like it was it was such a good you know collaboration of shorts because um, most of the time be like you find most of these are full length features mm-hmm. but the way they did this to put it together and it's the segment uh shifts are so incredibly well done yeah uh it's very hard to just pinpoint where the uh where the flaws in this thing were and that's the only one i can really think of I do have one thing, and it's really more of a disappointment okay. than an actual... The Heffalumps and Woos song yeah. has the feel of Pink Elephants on Parade. Makes sense. It's not as good as Pink Elephants on Parade. And honestly, I think that is... The Pink Elef- the, the Heffalumps and Woozle song has got to be the part that the third director yeah. actually did, because he is actually uncredited in the... Really? And when you go on IMDb, it just says past cartoons huh which doesn't really tell you anything no it doesn't and i'm convinced since he also did dumbo that and this feels so much like pink elephants on parade that has to be the section he did but it's ultimately and i'd heard how i'm not scary but how i had heard how good heffalumps the song heffalumps and Moses was and it's, yeah. i actually have a heavy metal version on my phone really i'll have to let you hear it later okay but um in context of the movie, yeah. that sequence is like, bore. This is disappointing. This is boring. Mm. This this shouldn't be boring for what I'm seeing, but yet it kind of is boring. I would. We need to throw Dumbo in this thing and get back to Pink Elephants on Parade. I'm sorry, because that's much better. But anyway, mm. that's the only other thing I can really think okay. of. All right. So I think we should rank this. Yeah, this I think we movie. should. Uh, I am going to give this movie 8.5. Oh, really? Uh, it sounds like I'm docking it yeah. pretty heavily. I'm really not. Um, I th- There are a couple of weird little things I noticed, like the fact that uh, it's there are some scenes where you can actually still see the, the pencil lines yeah. in the animation. I forgot to bring that up. I yeah. don't really count that against it because it, those pencil lines kind of fit the animation style. Yeah. Definitely. But the at the same too. time, it stands out a little bit. So I'm kind of docking it for that little bit. And I don't really like the live action kind of segments during the opening credits and the closing credits. Yeah. It doesn't really fit. And plus good night. You could tell what elements in that are, are were, were, were animated and we're not, we're, we're not, physical props yeah including both of poo's uh, of stuffed poo's eyes yeah that was creepy (laughs) just a little bit just a little bit creepy but yeah it's it's one of those where it's not perfect it it's a movie that i enjoy but it doesn't blow me away Uh no matter how blustery it gets so yeah that's why i'm giving it an 8.5 uh i will give it a solid eight it's good uh that you know brings back a a warm uh, nostalgia film, film uh, to kind of the kind of qu- the kind to kind of quote poo. It's, it's a very nostalgic, warm feeling in my tummy. Okay, <laughs> it was it was it was it was a very fun journey back into that um, that nostalgia of childhood. Uh, it does have its little flaws, obviously, because it's th- it's three mm-hmm. or four little shorts put you know cut together. And uh, it's good. Uh, it's got its little flaws, like you said, and uh, but it's it's enjoyable. It's an enjoyable little film that 
like like I said in the beginning, that you adult who's our age, maybe even older, uh, probably watches the child and uh, find it on Disney Plus and enjoy it and share it with kids, share it with nieces and nephews. Um, it's a good little film. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode, which means we need to roll for our next movie. With uh, Winnie the Pooh falling off, Monsters vs. Aliens mutated once again to fill three slots because right. it, it, this is the eighth movie that it's been on the list for. It is now currently sitting at one, two, and five with Dragon Ball Z The Dead Zone sitting at number three, Toy Story sitting at number four, and The Adventures of Tintin sitting at number six. I would like to point out that Dragon Ball Z The Dead Zone has been on here for seven episodes. So it should be mutating itself, but Monsters vs. Aliens got there first. Don't you mean it should be powering up? It's, it's gone with at least one uh, Kaio Ken level. Maybe it'll go a second here, in, uh, eventually. Yeah. But yeah. So uh, this was my movie. So you actually get to roll this. So uh, roll that beautiful bean footage. Six. And we got The Adventures of Tintin. Yes! <laughs> so join us for that next time. Correct snakes! Next week. Uh, Jacob, why don't you go ahead and tell people about our the stuff that's not in our... So, yeah, guys. Uh, you can now find us on Instagram and on Twitter under the Cellcast. And I think it's Cellcast and Cellcast Podcast. Mm -hmm. and, uh, go Twitch is the Cellcast Gaming. Yeah, and Twitch self ass gaming. Uh, you can go check us out there, and yeah, come and join. You know, come and join the conversations and help this community grow. It'd be much appreciated. Ah, so uh, I just was double checking, and apparently my host party didn't keep up with everybody. Huh. But uh, Joseph Hamrick, at some point, about twenty nine minutes prior to uh, me seeing it, said that part always scared me as a kid. I wish I knew what we were talking about. Probably Heffalumps and Woozles, if I'm guessing. Maybe. I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I, can, t I can totally see that, because when I was... Definitely when you were a little kid, be like, that entire scene was like, okay, that's kind of creepy. Yeah. Like uh, Dumbo's scene. Yeah. At the same time, that wasn't 29 minutes ago. No. I wonder what we were... Oh. Anyway. My apologies, Joseph, that I did not see that in time to know precisely what part always scared you as a kid. Hmm. But we appreciate you posting. Chime me in. Thank yes. you. So, uh, yeah. Come, Jacob. We must prepare for next week. Prepare for what, Drew? Same thing we do every week, Jacob. Record a podcast! Oh, boy! So where can they find you, Jacob? They can find me on Facebook at Jacob B. Heron and Jacob's Daily Art Corner, my personal art Facebook page. On Twitter at Jacob B. Heron. On Instagram at Jacob B. Heron. And on Letterbox at Jacob Heron. Where can they find you, Drew? Uh, you can find me on Facebook at Drew Dodgen. You can also find my Facebook page at Drew's Photo Bin, where I upload uh, my photography. You can also follow me on Letterbox at GGeorge759 and Twitter at GGeorge759. Where can they find us, Jacob? You can also visit our website, thecellcast.podbean.com, where you will find every episode we released and links to listen to it on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. Our RSS feed, if 
we are in your favorite podcast app directory, please share, review, and subscribe to us there and share us with your friends. You will also find a link to our Facebook group, the Double Feature Podcast Community, where we talk about both animated and live-action movies. We share this with our other podcasts, which we do with Jacob's brother Jim, at uh, the Movie of the Week podcast, where we talk about live-action movies. You can also email us at thecellcastpodcast at gmail.com. Also, please like our page on Facebook. We try to post about upcoming movies. If you comment on that movie's post before we record, we'll read your comments in the episode. And remember, every time we say The Cellcast, that is with a single L. L.